You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Everybody, it's episode 68 of the Team Stripes Podcast. Join me as always is my co-host Brendan S. and I'm Ross Grimaldi. Brendan, what's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, I've I, I'm I I can't say I'm living the dream this week. I uh, I got the unfortunate news that I was in close contact with somebody that got COVID. Uh oh. So I went and got tested on Saturday. So I'm Good just uh, awaiting those results. And so until they, then, uh, they stick the really long um, Q-tip. And your nose and tickle your brain? It wasn't that bad. Um, no, it was, it's really not. Yeah, I mean, it was it was funny. The the doctor was like, "So this is the nasal swab," and I'm like, "Yeah, just like let's let's get this over with." It. it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Pull your head back and send it. Yeah, but uh, just <laughs> honestly, just, the the weirdest part is when they pull it out, not when they put it in. At least that's what it was for me. Yeah, it was. I mean, like it wasn't bad it was it was more so just uncomfortable and i i remember yeah. I, I texted my sister after and i was like i feel like my nose just was violated <laughs> um but i mean like i've just been dealing with that so i got to email all of my professors saying hey i, I can't come into class shucks i got covid potentially like yeah. waiting for the test results so far they've all been great and i'm just like you know obviously thanks for not coming in um yeah and then obviously with hockey I boss was grateful enough to take away all 11 games that I was supposed to skate this weekend. So my weekend opened up automatically, but I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. And so now I'm just uh, waiting on, on the results. Hopefully they come back. I mean, for, for someone who's an introvert like myself, that is an ideal thing. Oh, I've, I mean, I, I went rollerblading on Saturday and Sunday just to like do something and get out of the house. I mean, nice it's it's been I, uh, i've been going stir crazy what did i do this weekend saturday i worked on a car sunday i skated a u16 single a scrimmage by myself Ooh. because um the guy that i got scheduled with uh, the schedulers accidentally scheduled him at 10 45 at our rink in wesley chapel with me and then a noon at our the rink in lakeland so that wouldn't work um, so I ended up skating it by myself. And I think the funniest thing was, so before the game, the co I, you know, I'm talking to the coach and I'm like, you know, it's just going to be me, blah, blah, blah. I told him what happened. He goes, well, you know, this is U 16s, right? I was like, yeah. And oh, celebrity guest star, Mr. Shadow. But yeah, it was just, it was just funny. He was like, oh, this is U 16s. I'm like, okay, whatever. Just another game. Yep. Yep, I was like, a uh, little help on icing, so if team ices the puck, just fire it down to me, because uh, I'm old and I don't want to go get it. So, I think we got we got some big news coming out of the NHL today. The uh, Calgary Flames, my, my, my team that unfortunately got another first-round exit, removed the interim tag off of now head coach Jeff Ward. Uh, Ross, okay. do, you, do you have any opinions on that? Because I, I have a few. Uh, no, none. I so, have no idea. The flames are very outside of my spectrum. That's, that's of, fair. Uh, my, my thing is, is obviously we haven't had a massive sample size for Jeff Ward. Um, is he a good coach? Yes. Do I think it's the coach the flames need? No, I would prefer to see a younger guy in there. Um, even a, a college coach get called up to the NHL, I think that would be a better fit than Jeff Ward. But at the same time, I will give Jeff Ward this whole next season, and hopefully we don't lose in the first round for the third year in a row. Yeah, let's hope not. That would I mean, suck. give the guy a chance, see what happens, you know. Yeah, we've also like had – uh, we Well, when, when uh, Coop took over here, it was like, who is this guy? Yeah. So, I mean, we've also had, it looks like two trades uh, since our last podcast. We had one between the Wild and Pittsburgh mm -hmm. with the Wild receiving Nick Bookstad. Is that Bookstad? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, let's go with that. And then the Penguins received a seventh round conditional pick. So I'm guessing Bookstad was a free agent. I don't have that stat right in front of me. 
Um, and the Montreal Canadiens and Carolina Hurricanes made a trade as well. Uh, Montreal receiving Joel Edmondson and his rights to negotiate a contract with him because he is going to be a free agent. Uh-huh. And Carolina received a 2025th round pick. Oh, so, wow. I mean, so they gave up a fifth rounder just to be able to talk to the guy. Yeah, and hopefully usually, sign him. Usually that trades like for a bag of pucks. I mean, but generally if – a guy's I mean, it's getting someone they traded. Clearly want, so. He'll probably sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. A couple yeah. of trades. I know as teams get eliminated, they're allowed to make trades mm-hmm. and start wheeling and dealing. So, um, and with only four teams left remaining, it's you know, that's fine. No, no big deal there. Yeah, definitely no groundbreaking trades, but two trades no. that we had to mention. I don't expect there to be really anything big until. Draft or draft time, whatever. Yeah, we've also had uh, it's the season of the NHL awards, so they're coming out. I think all but two or three of them have come out now. Yeah, it's it's weird not having the award show. You know, it's just like, oh, hey, by the way, this is what this guy won. Yeah. So to go over that just briefly, um, the King Clancy Memorial Trophy was won by Matt Dumba of the Minnesota wild. The Masterson trophy was Bobby Ryan from Ottawa. Uh, I'm going to stop you there real quick. Bobby Ryan, 100% deserved that hundred percent. No doubt. Um, after, you know, admitting like self-admitting looking in the mirror that he had an alcohol problem, right? Yeah, it was alcohol. Yep. So he self-admitted, he went, he got help for his issue and now he's back in the NHL playing hard and, doing all that so that's just good on him for uh for doing that because um you know that's a path that not many people are willing to admit hey i have a problem so i uh i I give him a lot of props for doing that and i know a lot of people are like well why didn't oscar limbaum win that Mm -hmm. for uh you know it's like guys he'll probably get it next season but you know this year bobby ryan was um he was definitely very deserving of it yeah, this year for the Masterton, I mean, it was uh, Bobby Ryan, the Philly guy whose name I can't remember currently. Was it – it wasn't Lindbaum, was it? Yeah. It was, I think. Yeah, it was Ryan Lindbaum. And then uh, Stephen Johns – or Stephen Johns of okay. Dallas who came back. He was battling depression, concussions, all that. Yeah, yeah. All three of them you looked at and you're like, hey, you deserve this award. Mm-hmm. Um Bobby Ryan, I mean, hats off to him. All the best to him. Yeah. Uh, the to me, it was a surprise. The coach of the year went to Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. Um, I I didn't think he did anything to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have that roster. Yeah. Know? Like, it, it would have been like Coop winning it. Yeah, I mean, obviously Barry can't Barry Trotz can't win it every year, but. I, no. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Trotsy to win it. Uh, the Selkie went to Sean Couture, which I don't think is a shock to anybody. No. Um, Lady Bing went to Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I got I got a dog uh, wanting attention. But, yeah, I, see that. Uh, I mean, Nate McKinnon, he's one of those guys. He doesn't get very many penalties. Um, you know, it's, it's just – when it comes to the Lady Bing – I think the referees should get to choose. I agree, hundred percent. That I think, should be our trophy to pick. I think the referees should get to choose the most gentlemanly hockey player. I agree. Or at least allow the NHLOA a vote to, like, you know, be part of it with the yeah. media that votes for it. But I think the referees should definitely get a say. I agree. Um, the Mark Messier NHL, NHL Leadership Award went to uh, Mark Giordano of the Calgary Flames. Well, there you go. One of your boys. I was going to say, being a Flames fan, like, he does so much off the ice and in around the community. I mean, that's always one of those awards where I think anybody could win it. Um, but hats off to well, Giordano. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an award that legit anyone in the NHL can win for community service. So, yep. good on him. I mean – Compared to other sports, I would say our sport is the best in the world at what we do in our communities as far as at the, you know, the NHL level. Those guys are, you know, second to none. So, 
like I know here in Tampa, um, like Jeff Vinnick gives away a $50,000 grant every home game to a local charity. So hockey is definitely a sport where we do a lot of giving. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lou Amarillo won the GM of the year. which oh, That's not his first time. No. Um, in his speech, actually, he thanked everybody in from front office to the equipment staff. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, He's with the Islanders now. Yeah, so what him and yeah. Barry Trotz have done with the Islanders, I think, I mean, oh, there's, of a, course. Yeah, there's a reason why he won. I mean, he, that, that team yeah. all of a sudden got really good. Well, and then I got a little bit of a connection to Lou. Uh, my dad got recruited by him at Providence College back in the late 60s to play there. Holy smokes. And, uh, yeah, right? And it was the uh, one of the first years that the NCAA allowed imports. So they were allowed to have Canadian players. Mm-hmm. And then um, my dad ended up not making the team uh, because of all the Canadians they brought in. But, Damn Canadians, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> um, as well as we saw, a, in my opinion, an interesting tidbit uh, in last night's game, four of the Islanders and Tampa series. We had the – it was the third fastest goal goals in uh, – postseason NHL history at three goals in 27 seconds. Yeah, that was, that was pretty intense. Um, it was funny cause we have the, uh, the Bud Light goal horn, mm-hmm. or the Budweiser goal horn at work. And we were like, Oh crap, we forgot to set it up. So the lightning had just scored their first goal and then it went off and we're like, huh, that's a little late. And then we look up at the TV and Oh, we just put one in again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was it was that was pretty crazy having three quick goals like that. It, I mean, it was definitely watching it was insane because it was the Islanders scored, and then I believe it was twelve then, seconds later, Tampa yeah, Bay came down and scored, and then another yeah. seven seconds later, something like that. Talking about the NHL series right now, both series are at three to one. The Stars play Monday night, so by the time this airs. I mean, that that series could be over. Yep. And next week we could be we could be already in the Stanley Cup finals when we're talking next week. I mean if if both series wrap up, it would be what? Tonight and Monday for Probably anybody listening Thursday. on Tuesday. I mean, yeah, you could realistically start it Friday, Saturday, give the boys a yeah, little bit I would, of a break. I maybe. would think they would go Thursday, Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised. Now that's saying both teams wrap up their three one series lead, which I mean, as much as I want the Islanders and Vegas to win, I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't I don't see – I mean, if anyone's going to come of, – of the Islanders and Vegas, if anyone's going to come back from three to one, it's going to be Vegas. So, I mean, the only way Vegas comes back and wins this series is if they find a way to get a puck past Anton Kadobin. And if you haven't been watching for some reason, Kadobin is the – in my opinion, the sole reason the stars are where oh, they are at. Like there, there's no doubt. Like it's just it's that old, you know, mentality with, with playoff hockey. It's like if you run into a good goaltender or a hot goaltender, it doesn't matter how good your team is, you you're not you're not gonna beat them. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I mean Kadobin is playing like a ten million dollar goaltender. Um Vegas in my opinion is making maybe it a little bit easy on them. Um, the the biggest thing for me was Vegas on their five on three down by one, made it the easiest five on three penalty kill I think for the Stars I've ever seen. Uh, they they just there's no traffic in front of Kadobin. There's there's nothing. And I mean even yeah. DeBoer said it after game three. He was like, we have to get traffic in front of the net. They did good for the probably the first period and a half of game four, and then it just all went downhill after that. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll be honest, I, I haven't been watching other than the highlights um, of that series. But, it's be, it's um, been a fun series. I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to watch the game tonight while I'm doing homework. Yeah, I mean, I I I think the Stars win it tonight just based on the fact that Anton, Anton Kadobin's a, uh, an absolute brick wall. Yeah. Do you um, think uh, the Knights will start flurry tonight? Because I know, obviously, Leonard's been playing. 
Yeah, and and the issue is is Leonard hasn't played bad by any means, mm-hmm. but you're also if I'm Peter DeBoer, I I put I put Flurry in. I mean, I put Flurry in for game three. I put him in for game two. I put him in for game one. Yeah, you know. Um, so clearly, I mean, I, I, we all think that there is something going on there. So it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks because I mean, f- I don't know how you don't turn to a Hall of Fame goaltender. Your team's facing elimination. Um, yeah. You need your goaltender to unfortunately and steal Flurry a game for you. One hundred percent is going to the Hall of Fame. Yo, hundred like, percent. No, there's no doubt in my mind anyway that he's a Hall of Fame goaltender. Yeah, and I mean, Vegas needs a goalie to steal a game for him. Yeah, and as much as I I that. like Leonard. Flurry can definitely and yeah. and proven time and time again that he has. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, we need to talk about a couple of uh, officiating side things. We had our uh, Alex Kalorn major game boarding. Yeah, one game uh, suspension, game, I believe. Yeah, in uh, in game two. Yep. So then he missed game three, and um, that was one hundred percent. As soon as I saw that hit. And I saw the way – I think it was Kelly Sutherland was the low referee there. Oh, his arm shot up. As I think – hell, I think his arm went up before Kalorn hit him. Probably. So, yeah, Kelly's arm went up before uh, Kalorn even hit. Uh, now I can't – I'm blanking on who he hit. But um, 100%, no questions asked. Like, you can't – you can't make that hit. No. Like, end of the – no. You just can't do it. Like, a couple of my friends were like, hey, what do you got there? I was like, that's a penalty. Oh, all day that's, long. That's a game misconduct, and that's a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. During the season, that's a three-game suspension. But during the playoffs, it's a one. I'm fine yeah. with the one-game suspension. I mean, it's a hit that shouldn't happen. Well, I mean, clearly happened. it hurt them because they ended up losing game three because they were without Kalorn and mm-hmm. point. Yep. But uh, let's talk about that series. The well, and then And then we had the uh, Vasilevsky's pad – Come loose. Yep. I don't know when this happened, but now all the goalies have Velcro instead of leather straps. Yep. So in the in in pro hockey, the only way you're getting a stoppage is usually for your helmet popping off or your helmet coming loose, mm-hmm. your pads coming off, like or a glove coming off or something like that. We're probably not blowing we're not blowing the whistle. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean it was it was a weird situation. Vasilevsky. I mean, if there's it. injury potential, obviously there that's one thing. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's it's only for a helmet. Yeah, I mean Vasilevsky looked at whoever was refing. I forget who it was for game three. Um, he looked over at him, and you literally see the point. The ref pointed the puck like, "Hey, there's the puck." I mean, yeah. Like it, I'm not stopping the play. Yeah, and, and and the players were just standing there like what's going on and then they buried it and it's like okay yeah it's it's definitely a weird situation because you could argue that it's a player safety thing i mean his his pad was dangling off of his knee if he yep. takes that shot to the knee i mean his his knee shattered yeah so you could make a case that like hey that's that's a potential yeah. injury situation now i'm i'm fine with that play not getting called down i think in a youth hockey game I'm blowing it down well, 99% obviously, of the time. Obviously, in, in youth hockey and, you know, maybe even junior or whatever, we're, we're on the, more on the side of caution, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day in kids hockey, like if you tell some, you know, a coach, hey, I blew the whistle because of safety, there's nothing nope. that they can say to you. I mean, nothing. it sucks, but then you just look at them and you're, and you're like, well, if that's your goaltender in that situation yeah. – and, that, and that's exactly it. You're going to respond and say, yes, I understand this sucks. Yeah. But the safety of the kids is the n- most important thing, no matter what we're talking about. So, obviously, it's it's a different story in youth hockey than it would be in pro. Yeah. I think that, uh, that whole series has been – I mean, low-scoring games, except for game one um, – Islanders losing game two in the last 10 seconds off a, yep. off a beautiful goal. Yep. I mean, the Islanders haven't looked bad, but Tampa's just clearly the better team. Yeah. So, 
I don't see the Islanders forcing a game four or forcing a game six even. I think Tampa comes in, cleans it up in, in game five, and they're moving on to the cup finals. Yeah. For the first time since, what, 2015? 2015, yep. And so I think in only 15 games. Yeah, I mean, they've they've been running through it, which is awesome to see. Yep. I think with that, we got to send it over to our interview today. Yeah, um, tell us about tell us about our, our guest. Um, I unfortunately was doing schoolwork and could not join on the uh, on the Zoom call. Yeah, so I got my buddy uh, Reese Layton. He's uh, he's been reffing for I guess seven years now. He worked for five years, took four years off, went up to school, got a degree, got a big boy job, decided he wanted to come back reffing. Came back reffing, and last year is really the first time I met him. And he, uh, we started off just doing a bunch of beer league together. Uh, he got the opportunity to come up to Oklahoma with, uh, with us to come do ACHA D1 hockey. Got into a junior game uh, during the season. So we just talked. I mean, there, there was no specific thing for the interview. We just talked, and, and it was a great time. So hopefully you all nice. enjoy that interview. Cool. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Yeah, so we'll take you there right now. Would like to welcome to the Team Stripes podcast, Mr. Reese Layton. How are you, Reese? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Brendan? Uh, you know what? I can't complain. There's uh, no hockey on right now at the time of our recording, so I'm unfortunately watching absolutely nothing. Um, but that doesn't matter because we had hockey this morning. Reese, uh, I want to know a little about you. I mean, tell the people, obviously nobody knows who you are. You know, how'd you get into officiating? When, why, where, and how? Yeah, so uh, from Dallas and um, got into officiating uh, when I was, uh, man, what was I, like 14, I think. Um, I started up just uh, like doing it and did it for about five years. And uh, right about the time I went to school, I decided I, for some reason, didn't want to do it anymore. So I hung up the skates for a while, um, went to school, got my degree in construction management and uh, started working in the real world and uh, worked for about a year and then realized that something was missing in my life. Um, and so started up uh, working games again and um yeah so that's been uh two years now okay so you skated for five years took four years off for college came back you're uh, i guess on year six to seven then yeah okay so those first five years when you were i guess 14 to let's say 19 uh what made you i guess first want to skate back when you were 14 like was it you know a good income because we're in high school at the time and money is money was it like a good job or was it something you actually had a passion or a want to do no I definitely had a passion the the, the money was great um but uh <laughs> uh I just had a passion for the game um I wasn't a great player to begin with um but I thought I saw the game a little bit differently um and I I just enjoyed uh learning the uh the the uh refereeing side of the game more so than playing so uh, my last year midget I actually decided to stop playing and just uh, full-time ref that year before I went to school I mean if it makes you feel any better a lot of refs are failed players uh, right. <laughs> I, I, I know I know speaking from personal experience I rode the pine 90% of the games that I played in um, but obviously a lot of the guys we've interviewed on this podcast so far have been like they they're full-time guys or they're guys that they do this full-time um mm -hmm. how do you manage your i guess your actual work schedule with hockey it's pretty tough um i, I guess i shouldn't say it's tough um I, I would say more so managing work it's also managing uh, the wife um you know um I, we've got to set that expectation early uh similar to hockey um, or similar to roughing a game, we got to set that expectation early. So um, we just kind of have an understanding that I'm going to work two to three games a week and, or two to three nights a week and uh, work the weekends whenever 
Um, you know, obviously tournament weekends, those are always in our calendar, fully blocked off. Uh, she knows, she knows where I'm going to be. So um, I would say more so uh, than work, it's managing the relationship with the wife and, and uh, trying to keep that balance at home. Uh, how much you're at the rink. It's easy to be at the rink, uh, you know, five nights, seven nights a week. Um, you gotta, you gotta find that balance and try to keep everything, everybody happy. I mean, that's, that's fair. I thankfully don't have to experience the wife part yet. Uh, I just make, I just make the schedule and I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working right now. So I can't, I can't, sorry. Uh, you're, you're probably the first guy or one of the first guys I've skated with that I've become like really close with. And it's like, Oh yeah, I got to ask my wife if I can skate this game. And for the longest time I was like, why, why do you have to ask her? Like, just, yeah, just skate. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, I mean, obviously we skate a bunch together. I do remember though, the first time I met you, um, I remember I didn't, I didn't like, recognize your name obviously because i guess i don't know how but i guess our crowd our paths never crossed when we first you first were in dallas um probably because i would have been probably 15 or 16 and you were you know 17 18 19 so you're always older than me uh we were both too young to ref together which sucked but i remember i skated my first beer league game with you and i didn't i guess you know, I was like, who is this guy? Like, who is this guy? And I remember I texted somebody and they were like, oh, he's pretty cool. Like he used to ref. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then like you came out and you ended up being a really solid official. And I was like, oh, wow. Like this is a, a nice, like refreshing. Uh, <laughs> this is a nice refreshing uh, new official. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, oh, I, I don't have to t- like, oh, I don't have to teach you what offside is like, oh, awesome. Like I can, I can work with this guy. And I think ever since then, <laughs> yeah, like we, we worked, I, I mean, probably way too many games together since then. Um, some of the most memorable ones, obviously uh, ACHA D1 games up in Oklahoma, you yep. got to experienced that and I believe at the time it was the highest level you skated yes it was okay so take me through that I mean um a little backstory on this is obviously I I I kind of get to not choose my partners but the schedule up there is uh he's always looking for guys to come skate and so me and a few other Dallas guys are like we we go up I think once a month is what we try and go up to and so we had a guy from Dallas drop out and I remember it was like two weeks before the trip and the schedule up in Oklahoma was like, Hey, just, just find a third. Like, it'll be fine. Like if he's qualified, he's qualified. And I was like, okay, like sweet. Like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I remember I, I texted you because you made a joke of, of wanting to come up. And so I texted you and you, you hopped right on board and I was like, Oh, this is an awesome idea. And then I remember the next text. We kind of hit it off. And, um, yeah, I remember talking to you about it. And I was like, yes, this, that would be really cool to, to, to get to do that. Um, and so I, I remember the night you told me, you were like, hey, I'm going to throw your name in the hat. Um, just be ready. And I didn't know for sure if it was. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, he, he said, I can go up there. Like, this is the coolest thing. And uh, I just I, I remember you telling me, like, okay, you're in. You're good to go. Uh, you got to skate your ass off because I'm putting my ass on the line for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was – my biggest thing was like, yo, I need you to just know the rules. And I remember you texting me like, what rule book do they use? And I remember I texted Trexler, who was our third, and I was like, uh, yeah, man, I, I might have messed up here. Like, like, <laughs> like, yikes. And I just remember Trexler responding with like, it's your problem now. And I was like, yep, you're, you're right, you're right. Um, so, I mean, take us through that first trip. I remember going up there and I wasn't necessarily worried about you. I mean, you're, you're, I've skated with you enough times to know that you're capable. Of, you can, you can skate, you know, what offside is you can do icings, you can drop a puck. Your linesman, that's all you need to do right now. Um, but I do remember I was nervous for you once we started warming up. I mean, like off the ice, like I started to like kind of actually focus on the game and I was like, Oh shit. Like 
is he gonna is he gonna be okay out there? Like I want to know what your thoughts were for that whole weekend, especially for that first game of coming out of hey, this is the highest level I've skated. Well, I mean, I think it would be like any other official, but uh, for me, definitely it was uh, number one excitement. I was I was really excited to be there. It was awesome. Um, but then at the same time, you're just scared shitless. Like I had no idea how it was gonna go. Um, you have. I mean, you've seen the hockey before, but you're not on the ice with these guys. And so you have these expectations in your mind that you're like, well, you know, they're, they're like 10 times bigger than me and 10 times faster than me. Um, but it's not until you work that first game that you realize that, well, some of that's true, but, but at the same time, it's not. Um, but yeah, I remember being really scared. Um, I remember getting on the ice with you, um, uh, and you and uh, Trucks are walking out of the room, and you're like, yep, linesman go first. <laughs> yep, that was ACHA there, protocol. There was, there was the hot lap. But at the time, I was still new enough to know that um, I had no idea what a hot lap was. And so I, I didn't know it was coming. And I get on the ice, and I get about uh, halfway through the, through the zone before I realize that you and Trucks are standing back at the door laughing at me. And I'm like, I just stopped for a second, and then you guys started booing me because I stopped. <laughs> oh. and, but then I realized what you guys were doing, and then obviously skated the rest of the lap and uh, made the best of it. But yeah, it was uh, that was our, that was that was probably the biggest memory of the first game. Just the rest of it, just as, as a blur. <laughs> I I just remember like me and Trex were talking about. It. He's like, yo, like. Are we going to hot lap him? Are we going to hot lap him? I'm like, of course we are. And he's like, okay. And so obviously at ACHA, we go out for warm-ups uh, with the players. And Trex is like, yo, do we, do we hot lap him here? I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to wait till the lights are down. Yeah, everybody's everybody's there. So we waited. And I remember, like, I looked at Trex. So I was like, yo, just follow my lead. So we told you, we're like, hey, uh, NCAA, ACHA protocol, like, linesman takes us out on the ice first, like, through the fans, like, it's just a security thing, and you're like, oh, okay, like, not a big deal. Yeah, you remember, I asked you, like, three times, I was like, are you sure about this? Oh, yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just, just go, like, we're fine, we got this. And you know me, I'm, like, the most gullible person. <laughs> 100%. The best part was, though, was you just stopping, because where we come out, we come out at the hash marks in one of the end zones. Yeah. So you skate through the, the slot and you got to about the other dot and stop. And Trex yeah. is like, oh, we got to go. And I was like, no, 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 he's doing this lap. And so we, <laughs> I remember I was in tears, like skating our hot lap. I was in tears. And the, uh, it was the OU coach. Cause we were at Oklahoma university. He, he pulls me over for the anthem and he's like, why'd you guys do that? And I was like, oh, it's his first game. And he just starts dying laughing. He's like, that's the best <laughs> hot lap I've ever seen yeah it was a good one that it was it was i'll be more prepared for the next one though oh it was just hilarious and i also when i got to do the first na3 game i was actually really disappointed that uh, i did not get hot lapped i know when they told me they didn't hot lap you i i was i was honestly a little bit chapped yeah i was too i was ready for it (laughs) you should hey you should have told them like guys can i have my hot lap like the first period just get yeah. this out the way. Yeah. Nothing happened. Uh, I was fully prepared. It's like a rite of passage. Oh, 100%. You got to. And you yeah. hope the guy falls on it because then he's buying beers all weekend long. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Luckily, I did not. So, back to that first, I guess, college game. Um, you said, like, in your head, you expect the play to be 10 times faster, 10 times bigger, 10 times everything. And then you quickly realize that, like, hey, like, I'm, I'm not only good enough to work this league, but I'm, I'm good enough to continue to work this league. Like, when did that kind of kick in for you? Uh, honestly, I kind of want to say it was, like, after the first weekend. Like, after I had done two or three games, then I was like, okay, it, it, it kind of starts to click now. Um, I think still like, you know, you still get tripped up with the hybrid icing and then, you know, later, later in the season, we had gone back and I kind of got mm-hmm. thrown into a situation way too early that I had to be the senior official. And, uh, it was way too soon for me to do that. And, uh, so obviously several m- mistakes were made during that game, but, um, 
yeah, I think it, it was about two or three games that I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can handle this. Um, the size of the guys, they were, they were a little bit bigger than me uh, fit wise, but you know, in terms of like height and size, like it's the same. Um, the speed is really, is a little bit faster, but more so becomes the skill and the ability to stretch the ice and everything, you know? So I, I really want to talk about those, those games where you were literally thrown into the fire as the senior official on, on the lines crew. I mean, when, when I saw like who you were working with, I had no clue who they were. I was like, man, I, I, I hope they're good. I mean, like, with, with all new officials. I showed up and I was like, this guy should be good to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done it before where it's like, man, I hope this guy's good because I'm going to need to be carried right now. Um, talk about a little bit, like, how did you get through those games going, okay, we made the mistake. Okay, like, how, how are we – how do you correct them, I guess? Um, no, so I think the biggest, the biggest part is perseverance. I mean, like we had three or four mistakes during that game and, you know, it's, it's because just working regular, you know, adult league or, or youth league back at home, just regular icing, as soon as you, you're used to the, the puck crossing the line and, and your arm going up and that's an ice. Um, and, and so there's so much more to think about in the hybrid ice. And, and, uh, and so I think that it happened three or four times during that game. And, uh, you know, just after a while, it's like, okay, well, we're going to get through this no matter what. Like, the game, the clock's still going. So <laughs> we're just going to drop the puck and, and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was tough, especially, you know, you got coaches and players that are just to the point that they start laughing at you. But, like, hey, everybody has their, their first time. So it, it's going to happen. All I remember is, is that first weekend we went up, I looked at you and I said, if you ever – get into any trouble, just stand on your blue line. Yeah. I, I remember that. That was my biggest thing for you was like, yo, dude, just get the offside. Like, I was like, me and Trexer, we could do pretty much everything. Just get the offside. That's all I care about right now. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, s- talk a little bit about going from automatic icing in USA Hockey to hybrid. Like, because in hybrid, we're not only looking at the puck, we're looking at who's going to win the race. Obviously, who's getting that puck first. Um, and the mysterious goalie the goalie that's oh. the biggest part you're like it's really easy to to walk down the ice and be like okay yeah the defending team they're they're gonna win this or, or or whatever but then all of a sudden the goalie makes a move and you're like oh wait hold on <laughs> it just throws a wrench in your whole plan goalies uh, are the worst. already do what goalies are the worst for that aren't they oh yeah and especially that that uh, that OCU goalie who liked to pull that on you at the last oh, minute, yep, just to yep. play with you. <laughs> and and he knew he knew what he was doing. Yep. <laughs> no, but, I... yeah, it's just it's it, not only those three thoughts that have to go through your head, but you you're also still new to it, and so you're still you're still nervous for the game and everything, and and it's just a it's a lot to think about. It, it really you end up overthinking it, just. And, 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 you know, a lot of times now when I'm working just a, a regular men's league game or whatever, it's really easy for me to be like, yeah, if we were doing hybrid, that, that would have been way up there. But yeah, I, uh, I, I tell people like for, for me, when I see an icing and I'm the guy that has to go down and, and figure out if this is going to be an icing or not, my first thought is where's the, the where's this puck going to be? Either is it going to be on goal or is it going to cross the line or is it, is it going to die before it crosses the line? That's my first thought of, okay, is this puck going to cross the goal line? Yes or no. Once I say yes, I check the goalie once. And I, okay, is he moved? Okay, he hasn't moved. Then I start looking at the D, figure out where they are, figuring out that far winger because I've missed them too when the puck you know is going to wrap around. Yeah, um, and that's the other one that's tricky. Oh, those are the worst. Sure not wrap around. <laughs> yeah, so you're thinking of all of that. And then you look, and the, and the pucks cross the line. The D-man's won the race, and you blow your whistle. And then you look, and the goalie's behind uh, the, the net. And for me, my biggest thing is before I do it, I always look at the goalie one more time uh, to make sure he hasn't moved and he's still in his crease. I think for me, that's, that's the thought process that's going through my head. Um, but, I mean, even now, like – 
even last year, I, I think I made the mistake of twice was the puck was going to get rimmed around and the far winger is going to be the first guy to get it. But you still go tweet. He won the race. And then you're like, yeah, but who's going to win that puck first. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's a really hard thing to go from USA hockey or hockey Canada where it's automatic icing to a yep. hybrid that's situation. There it is. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that makes our job complicated. I think. That's, that's really the biggest thing is, is uh, so many rule changes. Even when you're just working regular youth hockey or, or, or men's league. I mean, you, you go from, from 14U to 16U or 12U, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you've got offsides and icing that's changing. It's like every game you got to, like, tell yourself in your head, you're like, okay, what is this one again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember uh, this season, our first scrimmage game I did was a Bantam game. And I went over the coach, and I was like, I, it was actually after I called the first penalty, his team ices the puck and my partner just starts flying down the ice. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I look at the coach and I knew the coach. I was like, he bugs me. He's like, you know what? And I was like, you guys can't ice it, can you? He's like, no. And I was like, oh, throw my arm in the air, right? as he's blowing. <laughs> and I was just like, got it. And he just started giggling. And I was like, yeah, I forgot that one apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So – just it gets ingrained in your mind, but uh, when you when you start to work different leagues, it, that's when it starts mixing together. Yeah, every everything mixes together. Hand passes and high sticks. You're going, oh well. In in this league, this one goes all the way, and then in that league, it yeah, goes a dot back. So what I guess what did you do to uh, prepare to make the jump from working beer league to all of a sudden you're going to do a college game for the first time? read the rules <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah that's I mean I, I was like online just trying to find everything I could I, I remember just just printing off a bunch of stuff and I was like I'm gonna read through all of this and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna know everything but uh no I, I think the the biggest thing was it just boiled down to like a simple kind of cheat sheet it's like hey and you and when you're working a youth game or, or, or men's league game it's this but but when you start working ACHA it's this mm -hmm. and so that point is just kind of the comparison all the way down on different rules um and, and, and you know obviously I had the advantage of uh of being a linesman as well so it, it wasn't just it, it wasn't all the rules it was it was mainly on on the lines and and everything like that you know I didn't I didn't necessarily have to know all of the penalty options for for fighting or, or for or just a regular hook. Or uh, we left that up to Trexler. Come on now. Right. That's all Trexler. <laughs> <laughs> he had his cheat sheet if he needed it. Yeah. So that, uh, that definitely helps as well. So obviously uh, making that jump after you started working college, you ended up getting a little bit of AAA that we had here and then uh, even getting into your first junior game. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Because that was a that was a wild story, I think, for your first junior game. Uh, yeah, that that was a pretty fun story. Um, what was it? Uh, I remember being at work that day, Friday morning, and uh, I get a text from Miggins, and uh, he's like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" And I knew the only reason that Miggins would be texting me is because there's a junior game that probably needed to be covered, and so I'm like, automatically, it didn't matter what I was doing, up oh, nothing. What's up? <laughs> he's like, "Hey." we got a game tonight we need you to cover uh one of the guys is injured or whatever and i'm like yeah i'll be there you know so i, I show up and uh man I'm, I'm same same feeling just excited and nervous at the same time but but because i had worked at the the college with you i already had kind of that foundation so i was like well it's not super nervous the only thing that was that was new to me was it was a different league mm -hmm. and so it was just kind of like figuring it out but uh yeah that that was that was a fun game I remember we got down to the third period and um I think there was about two and a half minutes left it was, it was a good game um everything had gone smooth like for me and uh I, I was glad it did I, didn't, I hadn't made any uh any obvious glaring mistakes and and we get down to the last two and a half minutes and we're uh there was a face-off in the uh or the pucks, the goalie covers the puck, and uh, I think it was my zone. So I, I come in, 
and I think there was some sort there was a little bit of a scrum in front of the net. So um, my partner in the game, uh, Jared Rimfro, <laughs> comes screaming in from the blue line. Well, he catches an edge and uh, becomes the human, human bowling ball and takes out like four or five people. But out of it, he ends, ends up with like this huge cut in his finger. And um, so I remember he ended up like having to leave the game but just as soon as it was over, we were just trying to get through the game as fast as we could. Um, and he had left all his gear in the locker room, just straight to the emergency room. And uh, I actually remember texting him. I was like, hey, you live on the other side of town. Are you sure you don't want me to bring your stuff back? Like, I'll, I'll bring it over to you, whatever. He's like, no, no I'll, I'll come get it because he was supposed to work the game the next night. So I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Next day I get the text. Hey, can you work for Renfro? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'll be there. So I ended up getting two games out of that weekend when I had I had no idea that it was even going to happen. But I, I think that's the best, too, because you really don't have time to simmer on how nervous you're going to be. You're just like, let's do it. I got it. I got this. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you there because, I mean, I remember going into my first games, like they were on my schedule for for weeks, and I was I was just like, oh, boy, like first games, first games, and then it finally gets there, and you're like, oh, it's just another hockey game yeah. with different and, rules. Yeah. Down to is just you know it's just another hockey game you just got to kind of settle in and, and and get your groove so how scared were you when you saw Renfro go down and you were like am I gonna have to one one this game <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't too bad I, I remember I didn't really know what had happened I, I knew that he had fallen and and he, all of a sudden he got back up and, and, and then he's over at the bench with the trainer and so I'm like standing there ready to drop the puck and, and Zobel was the ref and I think he had kind of gone over there a little bit too, but I thought they were just talking to coaches or whatever. And I was like, what, what's going on? And then finally Zobel comes over. He's like, get this game done as fast as we can. He's got to go to the ER. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. We're, we're going to get through this. <laughs> like I will drop this puck as quickly as possible. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just remember you texted me and it was, it was probably like 10 AM ish. And I was just about to leave to go to Shreveport for the weekend. Cause I had a Shreveport trip. Yeah. And you texted me like, hey, uh, do, you, do you have an extra NA3 patch? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, can, can I have yours? Like, I, I, I have a game tonight. Like, I do a game. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, was like uh, I mean, if you can come to my house in the next five minutes, because I'm going to be leaving here to Shreveport. Yeah. Um, I remember I ended up doing that game with my USA hockey patch. But I was, you, you uh, wore I was your USA part. patch? Yeah, I, I would have gone patchless. They were like, "Hey, if you you know, just just the USA hockey patch is better than nothing, so wear the USA hockey patch." I mean, it's so still technically it. USA hockey. It. Yeah, I rocked it. So obviously, with last year, I mean, you made. I I think for a lot of guys, you made a big jump into working junior hockey, college hockey. What are your plans? I guess going into this year with officiating. Um. I mean, to be honest, I think this year – this is a weird year, man. Who knows right. what's going to happen this year. Yeah. But but all that – all the COVID stuff aside, I mean, if, if I had to make a true plan, I think my goal would, would be to work more more college games and, and really get my feet under me uh, and become that senior official uh, on the lines that I, that I know I could be, you know. Um, but, but then, you know, work, work some more NA3 games and then, uh, maybe towards the end of the year or, or, or hopefully next year, get, get to the NA. So, you know, it's, uh, baby steps. Hey, uh, just keep, uh, keep, keep your phone ready. Cause as we saw last year, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, right? Uh, Especially yeah. with COVID this year. I mean, some guy's going to go down or one house yeah. is going to get next thing you know. It's like uh, we we need a warm body on our line, please. Yeah. No, I I mean I think personally for me it's just uh, try to take it as far as I can, but still keeping myself in check. That like, hey, this isn't my full time deal. Like, I love doing this. This is this is definitely a passion for me, and I want to go as far as I can. But at the same time, like, I still got a, a job and and uh, a wife to take care of. That uh, got to do that so is oh so grateful that you she uh she lets you go on the road and stuff oh definitely <laughs> i she i think that wraps it up for a little bit what was that he lets that leash go just a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> only if you ask nicely and it can only be once a month eh That's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that wraps it up for uh this interview reese thank you for coming on it was uh 
it was awesome talking to you and, and getting to hear your story. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on. So good time. All right, guys, welcome back from the interview. Brendan, uh, so what else we got to talk about here? Um, I mean, to wrap it up, I, I obviously, first and foremost, we have to do our uh, whistle giveaway for Acme Thunder. They okay. are beautifully sponsoring us. Uh, we give out a wacky question. And any rule book that we choose, unfortunately, there's not too many rule books to choose from as the rest of the world uses double IHF. Um, but for the question of the day is in the double IHF rule book, I would like to know how much a puck needs to weigh. Wait, what? <laughs> so we're, we're looking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we know there's what a specific, is it a specific rule? Is it like in the case? Book? So it is a specific rule in the double IHF rule book. Uh, I will give everybody a hint. It is in section five. Oh, don't give a hint, but that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, it kind of blew. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was looking up, you know, questions to, to, to find for this. And I saw that one. I was like, that's, that's incredible. So there is a, there is a weight that it needs to be. And I want to know what weight, what rule and all of that. Send that into um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, however, email mm -hmm. us, text us, whatever. I mean, I don't think we have a text, but <laughs> you know, like send uh, it in, you know, signal pigeons, yeah, whatever. Signals, uh, Morse code. Yep. You know, however you can send it to us. We, we had our last winner from, he commented on YouTube and so, I mean, that works because, like, I see those. Um, and the first person to respond gets a Acme Thunder whistle. I believe it's the black one with the Team Stripes logo on it. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. But all I know is it's an Acme Thunder whistle. I love the black whistle, by the way. It looks so sharp. I've, I don't know why it took so long to for them to make those. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still using the gray ones, like the silver, chrome, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the black ones do look pretty sick. Um, yep, I have one. One last thing I wanted to bring up was the refereeing in just just the whole NHL right now, I think, is being spot on. Um, yep. We've said well, it time down, and time again. We're, we're down to the best eight. Exactly. I mean, me. we've said so. it time and time again. The officials working right now are the best eight officials out of the best 80 officials in in the world mm -hmm. um stars fans you're killing me with the comments um every time win or lose it's always it's always for some reason that the nhl is rigged against the stars and it just it makes me laugh every time but then i also get really annoyed and i'm like yo like what are we talking about so I just want to say the NHL, I think these are some of the best officiated playoff games we've seen. Yep. Um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Stars fans, take your losses and take your wins. You're one game away from a cup final because of a goaltender. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, but I, I guess besides that, Ross, you got to plug our uh, Team Stripes Academy. Of course. You know, if uh... – you know, you're just starting out with officiating or you're a veteran that's been doing this quite a while. Obviously, there's one thing that we always need to be doing as officials, and that's learning. So definitely check out the Team Stripes Academy. It's the master course from veteran NHL referee Don Kowarski. And make sure to follow us on all social media, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Discord at Go Team Stripes. And uh, thank you guys. Have a great week and thanks for listening. Thanks everybody. We'll catch you next week.